Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today, I have a really special guest with us. I have the founder and CEO of Walter Latham Entertainment, the creator and producer of the Kings of Comedy, the Queens of Comedy, the Bad Boys of Comedy. He's worked with the likes of Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey, Tyler Perry, Samore, Monique, Bill Bellamy, and many others, Walter Latham. How are you doing, Walter? Great, great. How are you, Cliff? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you for asking, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show today. Really excited no to worries. have you on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all of our listeners, all of our followers and subscribers in all 60-plus countries. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Really appreciate you guys continuing to show your love and support for the same show and helping get the word out and everything. And if you're listening, you already know what I'm about to say. If you're listening and you don't already follow us, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sane underscore show. That's Sane, S-A-N-E underscore show on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find us on Facebook at Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, that's same show. So today we're going to have a conversation about take it from the best. Following that discussion, we're going to talk about being in the right place at the right time. And then following those two conversations, we're going to have an interview with you, Walter, so that the listeners can learn more about you, the things that you do and all the funny, and exciting things that go along with that. Okay. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with our first topic, take it from the best. I'll start by saying this, that success breeds success, or at least it should. It should. Uh, and obviously, you've done a lot. You've accomplished a lot as well. And, and just in talking to you and even you know, planning this show, one of the things that came to mind for me is that I find my path to be very similar to yours in the sense that I have really big, audacious goals. And something that we discuss often on this show, being in the right circle and I'm not going to say that you know, I'm, I'm on the top or anything, but mm -hmm. when you learn certain things and you get around the right people and you get all this insight, the view is different. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very different. And <laughs> I think it's, it, it's, well, go ahead, go ahead. I'm not you finish. No, <laughs> one of the things too, because like I was telling you, I, you know, after initially talking to you in our, during our first conversation, going back and, you know, talking with, other individuals who I've had on the show who I've now am able to call friends and being able to tell them like, man, and talking to all these individuals who are doing all these awesome things and have really respected in the, in their space and these great reputations and being able to talk to you guys and knowing that I feel like I'm talking the same language and knowing that I've learned something over the years and being around all these people who have done all these things and still doing things and that kind of stuff. So I want to have a conversation with you, Walter, to as far as again, taking it from the best, right? Being around the people who, who have done the things or are doing the things that we hope to one day accomplish, right? And at a great feat and wanting to get your perspective and your insight, because again, you've done a lot, you've accomplished a lot, and you've been around some of the very best in the business and just wanting to hear it from you <laughs> no absolutely I, my, my foundation is being prepared for an opportunity so just hearing that when i was younger you know make sure you're prepared because when you get the opportunity you want to be prepared 
And that breeds success. So from opportunity, being prepared for that opportunity leads to success. And another thing you should know about Hollywood is they are always looking for the next thing. So if you're not bringing the next thing on a regular basis, eventually your name doesn't weigh the same as it did when you were always kicking out hits, you know, making people money. Like everybody's happy. You're making money. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks good. It's great. But then to be in business for 30 years, what I've realized is those are ebbs and flows in business. Sometimes you're hot and you have a lot going on. Sometimes you don't. But the body of work is what matters. So my 30-year career, let's say, and I look at the whole body of my work, I'm Mm -hmm. very proud of that. I can say, oh, well, I could have done 30 more projects. Possibly. But those are the ones I did. Um, They were very successful. I was happy making them. I think the people, our fans were happy uh, with the product. So. Yeah, man. I think, you know, anytime you're dealing with Hollywood, it's always, and I tell young people all the time, it's about who you know. People say, well, no, it's not about who you know. Well, Hollywood is about who you know. And the longer it takes you to know the right people, the longer you'll just kind of be grinding. But my success, and it came so fast, my success came from me being partnered up with a white promoter. Once I partnered with him, that gave me the end to Hollywood and at the end to the higher level people in Hollywood. So you go from being a 20 year old kid who can barely take any calls from anybody. No, excuse me. No one wanted to take any calls from me to mm-hmm. everybody taking my call. Like after a month, cause everybody knows now Walter Latham is in business with Robin Tate and we trust and love Robin. So if he's bringing this guy in then we'll, we'll embrace him and that's being prepared. So now I had the opportunity because I was always prepared for it. But then when the stuff started coming out, it was like, you know, a lot of people were like, how do you, how do you do that? And how do you come up with these ideas? And I'm like, I don't do anything any different than anybody else other than see my ideas through the finish. You're going to have ideas that are probably the best ideas and everybody's going to say it's terrible. Then what do you do at that moment? Do you continue to persevere through it? Or do you drop it and find something else to promote or produce or create? You know, I've always been, if I can see the vision of a, of, a, of a project, then I can see it all the way through. And a lot of people don't see it. Like when I was doing Queens, no one saw that being something significant. It was just, oh, he's doing the, the men, so he must, you know, be doing the women. Because that's just a natural thing. But it wasn't. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't have any interest in doing Queens of Comedy at all. And that took the constant, constant, I can't even call it nagging, reminding of Walter, you need to do the Queens of Comedy. And that was some more. Some more was telling me that the whole time we were doing Kings and I just didn't believe it. So there you go with the preparation and opportunity again. I had the opportunity. I wasn't prepared for it yet. Once she told me who the other people were, like I would put Adele on it, I would put Monique on it, and we'd get a host or whatever. And I saw it. I was like, okay, all right, we could do something with this. So that's kind of my little, what I go through. It's a good idea. You know, I might shoot it across some people that I know, that I trust. And I sit with it. I sleep with it. I kind of go through the motions with it. And once I decide, okay, I get it. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And then we can all be off to the races. But that's all, again, it's your body of work. You know what I'm saying? All of this stuff speaks to a body of work. It's not, you know, I've been doing this for five years. Or I've been doing this for 25 I've been doing this for the majority of my life. So I'm very, very prepared when it comes to opportunities in the comedy industry. 
because that's what raised me. I wrote, I was raised on comedy. I was brought up by comedy. I was 20, I was 19 years old and started promoting comedy. So comedy is in my blood. So anything comic related or anything like that, I try to know everything, even though I may not, I may not do business with a lot of people, but I'm on the back. I'm looking. You know what I'm saying? I notice. I'm paying attention. You got to pay attention. The world's moving so fast now. Entertainment, everything we do is so fast. Like, we're looking for a house. Me and my wife, you don't buy the house in two days, the house is gone. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the opportunity is there all day. You just yeah. got to be ready, you know, to, to do it. So we got to be, you know, our, our head space now is whenever we see something we really like, just, like, put an offer on it immediately because we'll lose yeah. it. You know, so that's kind of how... It is, I think, in the in the in the space or the body of your work, you want to be able to look back over it with a sense right. of pride. You know, that's that's about kind of how I was it. I want to go back to something you you mentioned earlier. You were talking about Hollywood's always looking for young people, and it just reminds me. Like even when I talk to my peers, right, and they they ask me about how I get certain opportunities or how I'm getting noticed by certain organizations or whatever, and it's like put yourself out there, especially in the age of the internet. Like I literally took Gary V's advice about reaching out to people and it's amazing the doors that have opened. The things that someone told me a long time ago when I was I think about 17, 18 years old, I was coming out of high school, a friend at the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce and now mentor and really good friend of mine as well. And he told me, he's like, Cliff, put yourself out there. People are always looking for young people and they're always looking for the next person that's going to you know, step up and try at least try to take the reins and to lead the next generation in whatever it is that they're looking to do so i mean you definitely hit on something good when you said that you know just put yourself out there like not everybody's going to want to deal with you but you're going to get those those few people that say you know what let me talk to this kid let me see what they're about might be something i can do for them or that they can do for me that's how it is in hollywood it's all about relationships it's all right. about relationships. And probably not just in hollywood but business overall but especially right. You know, in L.A., is such a small group of people producing the mass quantity of, of entertainment that we see. So you you got to be, you know what I'm saying? You got to be in that little small circle. All right, we're back. Now we're going to have a conversation about being in the right place at the right time. So everything happens when it's supposed to happen, right? And as you mentioned in the first conversation you and I had, you said it yourself, which is why I named this segment after it is right place, right time. And it also goes along with the saying that everything happens for a reason. And you know, I'm a believer that timing is everything as well. It's definitely something to consider you know, when we're talking about paying your dues too. You know, sometimes we don't know why we're in certain positions. Then we end up realizing that it was to our greater benefit. You know, so it's right. important that because you know, I look at it like this, too. Right. Whether it's something good or whether it's something bad, like there, there's something that can be taken from it. You know, mm -hmm. lesson to be learned. Right. Given right. It, it may not be money or something positive. Right. But it may be something that you've learned that may have you know, made you a better person. So it's important that, you know, that being said, it's important to be in the moment just in general. And 
you know this very well too, you know, again, right place, right time. You know, again, we talk about being in the right circle, right? Getting with the right people and doing some, cause you, you talk about how some more was on you about Queens of Comedy yeah. and you, you did it right. And when you did it, it was, you did it at the right time. You know, right. you were in the right place. You did it at the right time. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you. <laughs> Right place. And I, th- I give you an example as you were speaking. I, I try to think of stories that might make sense for this this topic. Mm-hmm. But me, I was on a plane leaving Atlanta, going to LA one day, and Dio he was seated. Now he had to seat next to me, and we just we've known each other for years. So we started talking, and he went, you know he wanted to know about the Kings project, and you know we had already we were on the road with the original three when I was having this conversation with DL. but. I asked him, I was like, you know what? I want to make Steve the host next year. Would you open? Like, would you think, would you be insulted by that? And he was so excited about it. He, we went to baggage claim and he called his wife on a speakerphone in baggage claim, seeing how excited he was, you know, and trying to say how excited she was. And he could, like, it was like just pure excitement. And if I freeze frame that moment, that was a beautiful moment because I was giving him an opportunity he only dreamed of. I was doing something I only dreamed of. And it's like we almost came full circle. The very first comedy show I ever did, Broke, Poor, and Lonely, was with Dale Higley. And how fitting is it that we happen to be sitting next to each other and talking about Kings? And that's how he got on it. So, year number two, the movie, all of that, that was, came from that conversation. That's true, real stuff. So, wow. I, I was in need of a piece. Because if I move Steve, I'm like, if I move Steve, I only have two comics. Like, that's, that's not going to work. I need I need a real comedian. And I just was like, you know, that's how things kind of reside in my mind until I figure out what to do. And it felt like that was the right thing to do. This was like perfect timing. He, he went on to be, and he'll always be known as one of the original kings of comedy. No one can ever take that from him. And I don't know if he remembers the conversation, but it was all about right time because I wasn't even thinking about him. And I don't know if he was even thinking about kinks. You know, he may have been hearing about it like every, everybody else, but I don't know if he ever thought, oh, I could be on this or maybe I should talk to Walter. Because we've had a relationship, like I said, for 20 years. He could pick up the phone and call me. You know, he never called. He, he just, I guess, waited in the wings. And mm. like I said, I don't know if he would ever call me if we didn't take that flight, but I've seen him somewhere else. That whole thing about things are meant to be or whatever is meant to be will be. I mean, you grow up enough, you think maybe not. Maybe this is what was supposed to be, and it's horrible. How can you really? I hate when people say you're you're destined. Your your dad was an alcoholic. Your grandfather's an alcoholic. You're destined to be an alcoholic because it runs mm-hmm. in your family. Was that really? Was that really? I had a kid when I was 17 years old. I was not prepared for that, but I did not ask anyone else to take care of my responsibility. I did what I felt I was supposed to do. So what makes that any harder than my my father? My father had nothing to do with me. And we lived in the same city until I graduated high school. Nothing to do with me. It's one one end I can say all that stuff growing up like that and everything created this this hunger or this drive in me. But then I could look at it as I was able to break the wheel. So instead of just, well, this is what you're always going to be, and this is what you've always been meant to be, you break the wheel and say, this is what I wanted to be. This is not what I was meant to be. I controlled my own destiny, and this is what I decided to do. 
And that to me is more powerful than any, you know, than anything. So anyway, no, I'm no, that's sure true. Anymore. <laughs> it's, it's speaking <laughs> speaking of timing so I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if you know I actually wanted to have you on the show a lot sooner <laughs> oh, right. and honestly when I look at it now I'm glad it played out the way it did mm. when, I, when I think about me as a host the show and everything even when I listen to older episodes I'm like ah I could have done better, right? Or oh, that wasn't. You know, I need to work on this. <laughs> right. And so it's like, you know, what the, the timing is, especially when we think about what the guest list looks like now. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> the timing wasn't right, but the right. timing is right now, where we're getting these awesome people, um, like mm-hmm. yourself, that are appearing on the show that have these awesome things to, to tell us and all this great insight to give not only me, but to the listeners. So yeah, I just want to share that with you. Uh, okay. Honestly, I didn't right. see it. I didn't see it happening. <laughs> you really couldn't see it. Point. Okay. Go ahead. Well, that's a new, that's a new, that's a new uh, tool for you now. Mm-hmm. To, to, oh boy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go. <laughs> Cause my mind is like over a hundred, like I'm all over the place. It is all good. At the same time too. I look at it like this as well. You know, when you're focused on what you're supposed to be doing, you don't have time to get caught up in certain things. Like you, you have to keep going regardless. You have to, you have to, the show must go on. But yeah, there's a lot of people I want on the show, but hey, I cannot stop the show. It has to go. And like you said, right, if it's meant to be, it's meant meant to be, it will come when it's supposed to. Just keep keep doing what you're being prepared. Exactly. Right. Yep. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Keep preparing. And see, there we go. But like I said, right, talking the same language. <laughs> right, exactly. Especially. Well, I mean, I, go ahead. No, no, no. I was no. I was gonna shoot your compliment, but go ahead. I can do it later. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, no. I was just gonna say that with anything, you know, my my cousin and I, we were we were talking about this. He's a producer, and last summer was actually had an album that charted on Billboard. Oh wow. And, you know, him and I, we we've been in entertainment for you know, about 10 years and you know, we always have conversations about our journey, you know, the things that we've gone through and, you know, the places that we've been in, you know, the circles that we, that we are in and just, uh, just taking, looking back and reflecting and how, and taking and appreciating all of that. Right. And like you said, right. Being prepared and think, cause sometimes we, we sit around and we talk about like how, man, like, yo, you remember that time when this happened? Or that happened, and look at us now. Or, right. You know, look at you, or look at me, exactly. like, like crazy, exactly. right? Yeah, that's so, what we work for. Yeah. You you, you want to be better to, to tomorrow than you were today. So exactly. I think when you get to when you get in your like, I never knock anybody's hustle. Like if you really, I may not like what you your content or whatever, but the bottom line is, you know, everybody's meant to succeed in various areas of life. My calling in entertainment was comedy i just no one can ever tell me anything different i tried music it wasn't for me i tried comedy and it was just the thing that made me stick you know i knew i knew how to promote i knew that like i i understand stood that from the beginning going above and beyond what you already have done so like how do you take it from a concert in a theater to to a uh, to an arena how do you take it from an arena to a football stadium like all those things I, I was prepared to do and I was I understood how to do 
because I didn't just I wasn't just thrown out there and said, okay, go sell out the Georgia Dome. And I'm like, wait a minute, who are the comics? Like, who, wait a minute, I don't, you know, so for me, I have to visually see where the show is, who's on the show, their comedy, their styles, are the styles too similar? You know, I, it's just a lot of work going on in your head, but I just hate to tell people you you are what you are, you're meant to be who you're going to be, because you can always be whoever you want to be. Like, you don't have to listen. People told me I would never make a good father. Like, that really bothered me, even, even at a young age. And then when I had a kid, I was the father. I stopped going to L.A. as much. I stopped going on the road as much. I don't even think I went on the road anymore, actually, as he got older. I just <laughs> sent someone from my office on the road with him. But he could say, well, my, my dad and mom split when I was really young, and I got raised down here in the country in the sticks, and it is what it is. This is what I was meant to do. No, 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 no. Come stay with me in a bigger city. Go to better schools. Get better coaching, you know, sports. Mm-hmm. And all of that, you know, had to be ingrained in him. He didn't get it. He didn't see it. But I had to constantly, constantly tell him, you're going to be you're better than this small town. Matter of fact, I'm trying to get you out of this small town. Right. But you're bigger <laughs> than this small town. And he didn't see that because that's all he knew was a small town. He didn't yeah. know anything else. So once I started introducing him to different things that are available in a bigger city than a small city. Eventually, it took about a couple years, but eventually he was like, you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be. I didn't see it at first, but mm-hmm. obviously this is where I was supposed, we were supposed to be. And I mean, he had a full ride on a football scholarship at Penn State. My youngest one got a full ride at Carolina for academics. Awesome. But you, that, let me tell you where that comes from. Some of what it comes from. From the time they could understand English, I said, I'm not paying for you to go to college. A lot of your friends are going to go to college. If you want to go to college, you better have an athletic or academic scholarship. Because I'm not paying for college. There's no reason I should have to. You're both able-bodied, able-minded people. That's how it is. Don't come to me about college. And that's what they did. They decided that this is what they were going to do. This is how they were going to get in those schools. This is what they're going to do while they're in school. And they did everything. They did everything. It wasn't easy. But I was pushing them. Now they're out there sinking or swimming. <laughs> and I'm thinking that they're swimming. And <laughs> I mean, some, you know, I, everybody could say to them, well, Mike and Keegan, you guys, I mean, look who your father was. I mean, you should, that wasn't like that. I didn't, it was no nepotism. There was no, because my son is, I need you to do that. Like, let him prove himself like everybody else. Right. Well, uh, if, if someone wants to give him a job interview because of me, great, give him the interview. But you don't have to hire him if he's not hireable. You know, so the only thing that comes back to me as far as how I could be involved in that evolution of their career, I'm going to do the easy part because I think that's my responsibility. If I know how to get you in this door, I can't see you knocking at the door and then walk past you like, hey, I already know right. you have control <laughs> in this door. So if my, my juice or my longevity helps open the door, absolutely. But if someone calls me and says, we're taking a chance. Take the chance, and I love you for it. If you don't work out, great. Thanks for giving them the opportunity. To me, that's as much as I should do right now. You know, right. I'm not going to see struggle or starve or go homeless or anything crazy, which I don't think it would ever happen. But I can't make it seem like you can always fall back on me. You know, because that's not how life right. is. Life is not going to be like, oh, okay, cool. You're 30 years old. This didn't work out. I right, just fall back on me. Fall back on what? I got to eat. I have to. I have, I have family to feed. So a portion of that. I do believe, and some of it I think has to be fought. Because people just, they'll settle into, well, 
that's all I was meant to be. Well, I guess that's all I was to do. I don't want that. I think you can really push it hard, but you got to stay focused and committed to whatever it is you're pushing. You're pushing. If it's yourself, you got to stay committed to yourself. Yep. You know, if it's, if it's a vision of a brand with comics, you have to go out in the marketplace and make people think this is the right. best thing in the world. If I can't make them believe that, then I don't have a business. Did Bernie was Bernie better prepared for the opportunity than Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle? This is where you say the right time and right the right thing right. At the right time. This alignment with those guys, I haven't seen before. I did Kings or after. There was a window of time where there were four guys who legitimately and could possibly go into it by themselves. And they made up in their mind. We can make better things happen for ourselves if we did this together. All right. Now for the interview. Uh, I got to say, Walter, I've definitely been enjoying this conversation. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and fire off with these interview questions so that the listeners can learn more about you, the things that you do and all the fun things that go along with that. So my first question to you, you found a niche sort of place in entertainment to embed yourself early in your career, and that opened doors that led you to where you are now. Right place, right time is a running theme for many of our guests. Did you know then that comedy was the right place for you? How does someone find their place? I think you feel it. I think you know it when you when you find it. You know, I, I didn't know that promoting comedy was going to be a lifestyle or, you know, be the way I made my money. I just did it because it was fun to do. It was really exciting to see something go from an idea to a live show. But right place, right time, for me, at least that time of my life, was being introduced to my mentor, uh, Robin Tate, who basically took me under his wing as a promoter. He was funnily funny, though. He, he was actually referred to as the king of comedy in business before I, before I did what I did. So I was always envious of him saying, oh, they're calling you the king of comedy. How is that? Like I, and it would go back and forth until my very first article in, in a magazine, I think it was Bob Magazine, I said, my my mentor helped. That's told the story already, though. Quit following that. Pause. I was, I was fortunate coming up young in, in the industry, and especially the comedy industry. Did I know it was going to be hot? Probably as a 20-year-old, I assumed it would be hot because everybody was watching Def Comedy Jam and, and BET's comic view. And that's all the only reference I had. I had the same reference anyone else had. I just saw him on Def Comedy Jam or I saw him on Comic View. And those are the, the comedians that I, I went after to do live events with. So they were going on in their careers, getting movies and TV shows and all that. That, that was helpful to me in my career because I would actually do the shows with them. So they would go off and make their movies and the TV shows. And on weekends, we would go out on the road. So they got bigger name-wise, so did my career. Place and time, it could be, you know, I think you can argue maybe it was place and time. I like to think that I was just prepared for this opportunity. But place and time, yeah, if you want to call it that, I don't think there's anything wrong with calling it that. I just don't want people to be held hostage by this whole thing of, well, I guess it was destined to be. I guess it wasn't meant to be. Eh, I don't believe in that. I just don't buy into that. 
So I don't know how to really respond to it other than that. I didn't, I wasn't a genius and figured out comedy was the thing. I just happened to like watching it from the time I was little. You know, I cut school to go see Eddie Murphy's Rock. I remember seeing Delirious in the red leather suit. All the Richard Pryor specials. I used to listen to those <laughs> on album covers before we had DVDs. You know, all of that stuff. So yeah. was that me preparing myself for that opportunity? Probably, maybe. I I can't really say. You know, I'm just that's that's the way things went down. If you want to take it as that, then I think the listeners have you know opportunity to take it as that. But I just don't like buying in and boxing yourself into a. I guess this was meant to be, or whatever happens happens. Like I just I hear it a lot, and I've heard it over my career. I just hate to have people box themselves in to this theory of it wasn't meant to be. Like you said, maybe it wasn't meant to be right now, but. This is something that's viable. My mind just gets like, I just start working and working until one day I come in and I was like, this is the project I'm, I want to do. This is what I want to pursue right here. You know, so is that preparation or is that just me being me in the business that I'm in and just basically being smart enough to know which projects to do and which projects not to do? Thank you for that. So my next question to you, the, the digital age has changed every aspect of entertainment. How has the internet age helped or hindered stand-up? Or is it just a transition from the physical stage to a digital one? Yeah, it's a transition. And you can't deny it. If you look at the numbers, they are what they are. You know, I hate it. Because I'm like, this doesn't prove because you have 10 million followers that you're a funny person. But you're funny in, <laughs> in segments. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. Like three minutes, you're, you're solid. That's great. That doesn't do anything for me. But then I can't not pay attention to it because this is the evolution of the business. This is kind of where it's going. So I have to pay attention to Country Wayne and all these people I've never heard of before because they may be the future of comedy. They may be. And not, far be it from me to say it, you know, one way or the other. But that right now is the evolution of my genre in comedy and that you know you have to embrace it no need to try to deny it or refuse it because it's happening it's happening every day all day i don't know man i think you know a lot of these kids it took me a long time to really even succumb to come to the answer i come to now because i just never believed in social media stars you know especially when it comes to comedy comedy is just such a unique form of entertainment to me okay my next question to you, you produce some iconic shows, having helped put some of the most beloved comedians in the position that they're in today. How does it feel having helped set the stage, thus positively impacting the culture across generations? Oh, man, I, I'm honored <laughs> to have done <laughs> all the stuff you say I've done. You have to double check, do your fact check and make sure that's right. But, you know, iconic brands, absolutely, man. It's such a blessing to have those. But they couldn't have been anything had it not been for the talent. So, to me, the biggest thing that came out of that was to understand not only the evolution of what was going on in the comedy space, but also the, the names in the comedy space. So, Tyler Perry wasn't a Tyler Perry when we started working together. Needles, Bernie, you know, Steve, everybody kind of was somewhere else. But I think I may have tried to say this earlier, but it was like a just a window of time where it seemed like everything was clicking. 
everything was, was, was really clicking. So as the brand Kings of Comedy got bigger and the tours got bigger and the movie came out, it created this culture in Hollywood that, number one, you need to play, pay attention to black comedy because look at these people we almost missed to Bernie finally getting a TV show and it ends up being a hit TV show. You know, I think that I had a, a hand in some of that, but I can't take credit for their talent. So I'll never sit up and say, you know, because of me, because of me, because of me. I did the stuff that I knew how to do. They did things that they knew how to do, and we did it together for a short window of time, and it changed everybody's life. Certain people went on to do bigger and better things, and some kind of just doing the regular club thing, and, and they're good with that. I just hope all comedians, black or white, understands the, the amount of work that it goes to not only to build a brand, but to protect it. Because once you get a popular brand, it, it pops up all over the world. They got their own version of it. So there's a whole lot of things, man, I didn't realize. I didn't realize how big the world was. You know, when you said you guys are listening to in over 60 countries or something like that, I'm like, how can that be? But I look at my stuff and I'm like, wow, he's right. Like, I never realized that we were reaching these people. I knew we were reaching some people. But yeah. I didn't realize, you know, the, the, the it's just amazing to read some of the comments and people. I posted something the other day. I married two weeks ago. Like, who should be in the new Kings of Comedy? We did a Kings of Comedy Presents. Who would they present? And I'm telling you, man, like, in this a couple of hours, like 400 comments. And I read some, most of them, actually. And the people were, like, dead on as far as their feedback. They gave me, like, paragraphs of feedback. And it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? You read, you're like, oh my God, what is this? But that was like really interesting, the, the point of view that they came up to. Basically, to let you know how engaged the audience is with these brands. They yeah. care about the brand. They don't want me to put this, you know, certain people on it. If it can't be these people, then don't call it that. Like They're really specific about what they want it to be and what they don't want it to be. So to have a brand that's that meaningful, where people even care, about it is a is a big thing to me, man. And you know, you look back at not only Steve Harvey and Tyler Perry, Monique won an Academy Award, and Dion Hughley and Cedric the Entertainer now has a hit show on, on CBS. Everybody went off and did their own wonderful, great things. Will we ever come back together to do anything? I have no idea. But we did what we did in that window of time we had to do it. I don't believe that we could ever do it today. And I don't believe you can ever get those guys, even if Bernie was, was living, to do it today. Because today, artists can judge themselves immediately from people. from They get an immediate reaction. Steve Harvey, I think I might do this Kings of Comedy tour again. What do you guys think? Well, they're going to tell you it. He doesn't have to ask just the people around him. He can ask the people, what do you guys want to see? And that's so different than the way it was when we were coming up. So to have the, the, the brand still be relevant considering the way the media has changed is a testament, I, I think, to not only the brands, but the comics who actually were on those titles with me. So Elliot, the Latham Entertainment presents Ricky Smiley. I think that was the best performance I ever had of him, ever recorded. J. Anthony Brown, great set, best set I think he ever did. Bruce Bruce, best set he ever did. So the intricacies of these brands was something that I, I kind of knew how to work with them. But as far as going beyond that and seeing them beyond the stage, that was a new thing for me. But that's the thing that I'm hoping I brought to the table is that mm -hmm. I was able to bring people 
into this space. Just like Kevin Hart. I was thinking about Kevin Hart. I don't know why. But I know he did that stadium <laughs> show at, uh, in Philadelphia at that time. And this is the most people ever at a stadium show to see a comedian. And I'm like, that's not even true. We did probably 60,000 people at the Georgia Dome in 2000. This is before all the stuff that Kevin Hart had, before Twitter, before Facebook. I had none of the guys or girls tweeting, telling people to come buy tickets because it didn't exist. So imagine it was big enough, but not too big for them to squeeze into that window and knock out those two projects. Because as time has gone on, they would have never worked together again. They would have never worked together. But that time and that moment, right before the industry changed dramatically, we were able to pull that off. And we pulled that off, and we all left and started becoming our own thing. And that's what I think the biggest blessing is. Like, we were all able to come into this world that was moving really fast. Hollywood started giving auditions to black comics all of a sudden. Black comics started getting their own deals at their networks. I mean, it's a lot of things that came from Kings that people don't know or they're just not familiar with or they don't want to be familiar with. They just go with the flow. Anyway. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Me asking you that question, you know, we talk about giving people their flowers while they're still around. So that was me giving you your flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was very sassy. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My last question. Failure is usually thought to be the better teacher when compared to success. What has your success taught you about both the industry and yourself? It taught me that it's a pretty devious relationship. I mean, it's a relationship business, but it, it taught me that I had the ability to persevere. I had the ability to come up with ideas that were interesting. I had the way to raise money to get things made. You know, the, the relationship between comedians and me is always a, uh, there's always tension. And I think that's because I never really knew how to take a back seat. I think a, a lot of what I learned, I missed it because my life is moving so fast. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like there were lessons in all of that. There were lessons in me and Steve not getting along. There was lessons in Bernie Mac feeling like I, slighted him because I you rode through the you ride through the shows with Steve and you eat with him and I'm like are we 13 like what like but I realized comedians are so delicate and fragile and like you got to just treat them differently so a lot of that kind of transferred to to my normal life you know I learned about people I learned about complex people you know comedians are very complex I'm also hoping that my youngest son was in Italy two years ago, and he ran to this guy. Long story short, he says, uh, you know, what does your dad do? And he says, you know, my dad is whatever. And he's like, what? Your dad is Walter Latham? He's like, I learned how to speak English looking at his YouTube channel. I'm like, man, this is like, that's big to me. To touch people yeah. all across <laughs> the world. Like, that meant more to me at that moment than money. You know, that, and he was yeah. proud. Like, he was proud to be able to say who his dad was. And then, you know, he say it and then get that positive feedback. I think I can't say, I think I learned a lot from comedy as far as tragedy. Like, 
how to make situations that seem bad, how to spin them so they don't come off. Like basically, yes, I can't pay the rent. Yes, I can't do this. Yes, I can't do this. But I can't laugh at it because it's funny right now. You know, when I leave here, <laughs> it might not be the same thing. But it's funny right now. It's just a lot, a lot that came along with this business. But I think I'm in a really good place. You know, I understand the direction of the business. I understand that what we have to keep doing to be even relevant in the business. So the comedy business, I hope that I had something to do with making it a business. And it's not just a thing. It's a big business, man. So I think I had a lot, I hope at least I had a lot to do with that. Especially for African-Americans or people of color in that industry. Hopefully they'll look at kings or queens or whatever and say, oh, okay, this, this can work. This can work. You know, and if that's, if it's opening doors for people I don't even know it's opening doors for, great. Like, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We are the number one reasons why we don't succeed is because we don't support each other. If we had the support in Hollywood, but just the black producers and their projects in Hollywood, it would change the whole world. You know, but it takes somebody doing something bad, like guys getting arrested for all this stuff and Harvey Weinstein and this person and that person. Like, it's, a, it's crazy what's going on. And it makes you question the value of a relationship. Because you think I'm tight with this guy, I'm good with him, he's a great guy. Then he get arrested for something and you tied to him. Like Walter Latham's uh, mentor gets caught for whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. So you never really know in this industry, but you got to really pay attention. I don't take calls from anybody before I Google them. I need to know who I'm talking to. I need to know right. where they are now. Where were they? Because they may be in a, in a company that I never had. And like I got bad blood with. So I might want to do business with this person who's at CBS. But I'm overall at CBS. I'm mud. So I can't take it to them. So basically, you got to keep every door open because you don't know which one is going to be the door. But you know this is one of these doors. That's the thing that I think is different. I don't knock on the door and just lock it and just move on. I'm knocking on the door until somebody unlocks it, and then I move on. So I can go on and on and on about comedy and how it changed me and how it changed, the, I guess, the industry. I just think the, the biggest thing to take away from it is that Black people as a whole, we're able to do a lot more than we were able to do because of the, the way we've been mistreated. And finally, it feels like, you know, I see Regina King is, is, is doing directing commercials. She directed her first movie. That stuff, man, we had to fight for that. In these times, we had to fight to give black producers, directors, artists the opportunities that they're getting now. Why? But fine. That's the, see, that's the question I don't ask. I don't ask why. I'm like, okay, cool. This is what it is. How can we make some money and run a business with, with the way things are? I was really offended at Hollywood for the way they treated black actors for a very long time. And then it flipped. Jamie Foxx won, Monique won, Jennifer Hudson won. Everybody, I'm like, it took whatever happened leading up to this to make them open their eyes to see us in the right way. And right. now we're, you know, we're doing great. You know, people like Michael B. Jordan, who's just a, a kid to me, you know, is doing such great stuff and really casting his people as directors and line producers and all that. That's where it starts. If the, if the powerful black people in Hollywood would step up, which a lot of them are, it will change the entire entertainment industry, which it is. It is. So that's the good. That's the good that comes with it. 
how much did I have to do with that? I don't know. It's up to in, you know each individual. But I do think there was a window in time where I really helped a lot of people come up. You know, and I don't. What do we want in return? Just uh, respect. I don't want money. I don't want Christmas cards. I just want respect for what I did and what I do. And that's all I can really ask for. You know, the rest of it, it's up to the individual. That is true. (laughs) So many gems. (laughs) No, so many gems. I keep talking about my life being confused. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like, I'm like, did I say that already? <laughs> anyway, I think I take notes. I'll start taking notes. You know, fifty. My my mind is different now, so I may have to jot <laughs> down stuff. Like like at a debate when they be writing on that pad. You like yeah. on that pad. <laughs> you a trip. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna start writing my notes down. Well, but hey, anyway. Walter, I mean this. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show again i know i said that before but i really appreciate it i really enjoyed having you on as a guest you dropped a lot of gems a lot of great things you said i really appreciate it like i said and i really enjoyed myself and you are more than welcome to come back on the same show anytime definitely going to have to have you back on in the future absolutely where are you guys based we are in charlotte okay okay. yeah yeah we we should definitely do another one yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, thank you again. Thank you, listeners and listeners. You know where to find Walter, and you guys are very familiar with his work, so keep supporting him as well. And, again, keep liking, sharing, and subscribing uh, Sane Show. And, again, you guys are listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.